Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. I'm Justin Barney from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. And today we're talking about a movie. We're talking about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Je suis peintre. L'homme intéressé par ma fille est milanais. Nous partons là-bas si le portrait lui plaît. Il a épuisé déjà un peintre avant vous. Que s'est-il passé Je ne sais pas. Portrait of a Lady on Fire came out. Did it come out last year during the Oscars? Yeah, yeah. But know, it yeah, late last year, I think. Could have, could have easily been in the Oscar game, but I don't think they submitted. Well, here's. I was just thinking about that this morning. Actually, I don't think it would have gotten into the Oscars, only because it's not Oscar fair. Ooh. It's not the typical kind of Oscar thing. It's, it's above that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's too good to be in the Oscars. Okay. Um so you give us a rundown of what so it's not typical Oscar fair. What is it? So the story it's a story of uh a young woman who comes to paint another young woman and it is it's a period film that I think it takes place 1800s. Sure. Is my guess. Um, on the island of, uh, in an isolated island in Brittany. In the, yeah, 18th century. Oh, wait, that means 1700s. Right. Right. Thank you. And uh, she comes to paint this young woman at her mother's request. And the two women start to uh, uh, discover a connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's an aff- a love affair. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful, emotional movie. Uh with a lot of different elements that uh, we will dig into. So um, you suggested it on the Milwaukee film member Facebook page. So I take it you like it. You're- well, what's interesting is that I suggested it at, I've been wanting to see it for a really long time. And I suggested it at the prompt of our festival director, Kara, because she pointed out it was going to be on Hulu that night. Yeah. So uh, I was very excited to see it. Uh, and then I watched it uh, the next day. I I thought it was perfect. What is the singular thing that you think, you know, you said it was like above the Oscars. What is yeah. what is that kind of like to get ab- above the rest for you? It's not, I mean, it's what it's not. What it's not is a typical story told in a typical way. And those Oscar fair movies are good. They're palatable. Uh, and they're familiar. This is not familiar, mm-hmm. and yet there's a lot of elements that are familiar, but they do it in a way that's unique and multifaceted, and yet at the same time very subtle. I don't think uh, I think very few <laughs> few of the Oscar movies are subtle. Um, and there's a lot of artistry behind it, but again, not over the top. So it's it really walks an interesting line. This was an extraordinarily subtle movie. So, like yeah. subtle, subtle in plot, subtle in development, subtle in color tone. You know, yeah. like just all those shades of neutral is like, and there. But with pops, but they had pops here and there, which made it really interesting. For sure, and there is something about how great it is that it's not 
trying so hard to be something so, you know, it's not trying to be something. It just, it just is. All right, we are going to talk more about the things that we loved about Portrait of a Lady on Fire after the break. Stick around. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. Are you ready to come back, Christopher? I am in my home. I'm going nowhere. So I am perfectly willing to keep talking. (laughs) Are you sitting down or laying down? I'm sitting down. I have the just the vestiges of civilization still with me, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I'm able to sit up, which is wonderful. It would be kind of fun to do it laying down, though. That would be the ultimate, you know. We got to find the right movie to do an all laying down <laughs> episode. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Um, okay, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I want to say that you liked it more than me. Not that I, not that I didn't like, not that I yeah. didn't like it, but I, I, I like, I'm interested in hearing uh, just what you liked um, the most about it. I think that this, the story kind of takes a background to some of the other elements in this movie that I felt like, you know, shown more, but I guess you talk about whatever, whatever you thought was like really really stood out about this movie or was really different. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So before, so a lot of people I know saw this movie before me Yeah, (laughs) and uh, I kept hearing so much buzz about it. How it was great. Me too. And so I'm really looking forward to it. And when I sat down, I watched probably 30 minutes and while I was watching and I thought, this is really good, but I'm surprised it got so like nothing was like, standing out in a way that I thought the amount of buzz that it was getting yeah. was, was warranted really. But even though I really liked it, then when the mother leaves, so the mother brings this painter in to paint her daughter's portrait, who's notorious for not wanting to have her portrait done. Mm. It's kind of a sad, sad person. She is promised to marry a, a, a man who she doesn't want to marry. Right. Once the mother leaves and the relationship between them start, it kind of kicks the movie into full gear. And then I started to go, okay, here's what, here's what everyone was talking about. The main thing about this movie that really came through is just the emotion. There's so much emotion. Some of it's repressed emotion. Some of it is finally blossoms out and not just from the main two characters. You have this, uh, this like servant character Mm -hmm. also there and the mother and, all of them have different agendas and uh, things that are happening to them. And we talked about how it's subtle and it is very subtle. It's in this. And then in, in many ways, it's a very traditional period piece, you know, the, the costumes and the setting and the kind of formal, uh, formal way characters address each other. So you have that. And then you have their performances, which are like, even though they're being formal and 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 uh, and, and polite and 
uh, you know, uh, appropriate that you can see the underlying emotions that are coming out, which is all very expertly done. But then on top of that, you have, like you said, that muted palette with this pop of the green dress or, Mm -hmm. or her red, uh, her like pale red dress that she wears. Mm -hmm. And then you have these weird elements that come up out like where she sees, she sees a ghost or she sees a vision Mm -hmm. of this woman in a white dress, which is like Shakespearean level, like (laughs) a white dress. Like that's how you used to represent ghosts. Just someone all in white in a dark background that appears and then disappears. Um, And then the painting itself, the portrait she's painting, it starts out one way, very traditional it changes again. And the whole point is like, I want to keep painting this picture because I want to spend, I want to keep spending time with you until she. Yeah. And then the way that they, that it improves, you know, that, that like with each painting, it, it becomes more her. She understands her and is able to like visually portray that, that, that was like very well done. Yeah. And their performances are so great and the way they chose to express themselves. So there's a great scene where they're on the beach and there's a fire and like a little party and uh, people start singing and it's beautiful. Yeah. The main character, the, the more, the wealthier of the two women, the one who's getting their portrait painted, she's standing there and there's, you know what this movie's about? Uh, quick sidetrack. Yeah, yeah. This movie is about two people staring at each other. That is exactly what it is. I, I was going to get into that, that like, I, I really like when a movie tries to get you to think a, about a, a thing. And yeah. in the whole like first half of this movie, it's, she has to pour, she has to paint a picture of this woman, by and she won't sit for her. So she has to do it by, like glimpsing while they're like out on walks together. And so the, the it's shot as you as the viewer are also trying to see her face and yeah. looks. And so, so much of this movie is looking at each other's as looking at people's faces. I, I, really, yeah. I really liked how it, it kind of like made you think that way. Because even after they actually start communicating with each other verbally, you see them during that and before that and after just the way that they look at each other, mm-hmm. occasionally smile, even if they don't. And she's painting her portrait. So a lot of it is about looking at her and trying to absorb all her lines and everything. And then she she even points out, she goes, come over here. See, you're looking at me, but where do I have to look? Oh. I'm looking at you the whole time, obviously, too. I had chills at that point. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. And then going back to that scene on the beach, they're staring at each other so intently that the woman doesn't realize her dress is caught on fire. Yeah. And once she does, she doesn't freak out. She just keeps looking at the painter. Until she is tackled by Until she's tackled <laughs> by a bunch of other people just to put out the dress. And I was like, that's that's an intense scene. It also sort of keys up this other version of the painting. Mm-hmm. Which going back to those paintings and when talking about staring is this journey of a painter too. She paints this portrait. It's very traditional. And the whole time, you know, like you said, we're looking at them. It's getting us to look at them intently. I'm looking at that painting going, is that a good likeness of her? Right. Like, is that a good representation? Like she's got kind of symmetrical features. So 
kind of hard to, you know, I get that. But um, then the second version she does, I'm like, oh, that really does look like her a lot more. Mm-hmm. Captured her better. And then you see this third version, which you actually see at the beginning of the film, which is very different. It's not a traditional portrait at all. It's more of like a very artistic painting, a very, you know, metaphorical painting mm-hmm. of her. Um, and it's just so impressive. All three versions are so interesting. Um, I think that uh, one thing that was really great about this movie, so every movie has its own style and it's important to like, to to have a style. And I, I think that this this movie's just like from from the base note of I think it's it's lighting was excellent. There was such there was so much great natural light um from using from being for like a period piece. I think that that oftentimes like that is very important at a time where like they don't have electricity to 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 make the lighting be natural to have it be sunlight moonlight light from a fire light from a candle i thought that that looked really great and um the color palettes as well all those shades of neutral were like really satisfying and so much of it i felt like this movie is drapes you know there (laughs) (laughs) there was so many like textiles draped and folded in a way that just like looks great the whole movie looked like a painting from the 18th century it it did a great job of like representing what you have what we have seen that represented you know in paintings from that time that is what it looked like kind of sparse kind of neutral kind of dull but still moments where it was like incredibly beautiful those scenes by the sea where it's just kind of like majestic and this the 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 camera is pulled back so you can just see how large that area is and so beautiful like with uh, with the 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 script set aside, it is just an extraordinarily beautiful film to look at. It is. And that's another cool, that's what we were talking about earlier, how it's very traditional in many ways, but it's very contemporary in the way that it's shot on occasion. Those, those kind of, those kind of whimsical elements that pop up. There's a scene at the beginning where she's running straight for the edge of a cliff and then stops. And there's a beautiful scene where the camera just head on, point of view to each other back and forth. Um, And that's like a really kind of telling scene that you see right away. I want to point out that we've been talking a lot about these kind of stylish, lovely elements, but I don't want to forego the plot and all the interesting things they do, especially it sort of ramps up. Yeah. Like it starts up, it starts up very slow and traditional. I mean, in a very simple idea. And then it gets, it gets like, complicated as it goes on there's a and i don't want to give too much away but you know it's like a love affair that's not going to last because it's this uh they're on a timer lesbian love affair yeah what's they're on a timer you know yeah they're on a timer and it's it's a forbidden love affair it's two women it's the 17th century people frowned on it obviously yeah (laughs) um and so they they have to hide it they have a time limit um, they know it's not going to last because it just can't because of how everything works. And she's trying to be married. And there's so much art in the movie, uh, not just the paintings, but these drawings they do and these other little paintings that pop up. And there's just a reference that she makes in a book. She draws a little 
Oh yeah. A little picture in her book to remember her by. And the way that that comes up at the end again, great. Like shook me to my knees. Oh, like sure. I, I, when I saw it and I don't want to give it away. Cause it was a really lovely moment that you should just see. But when I saw it and I saw, Oh, this is what happened. I like, I like put my, my fist up to my, I bit my fist. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I was like, you, you did that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I, the ending, I will say the ending does have a little bit of that Oscar fair where it's like, Oh, oh there's a big, there's a big thing, like a every little reference that you're just, everyone's getting and getting excited about. Yeah. And then there's a final scene, which is just heartbreaking and beautiful. That reminded me a bit of uh, Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a like a similar kind of finale thing. And I, so, I, re- yeah. I really like that it was a love story that it let that it let that love simmer, and it showed you. Yeah. It didn't just put these two characters together and was like, "This person's hot and this person's hot." You know, of right. course they're attracted, uh, which is like yeah. what a lot of movies do. It, it like it really let that go, and it 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 was really like it was romantic in a really in a romantic way. I loved the way that they used the Orpheus story. Um, that is like yeah. the Orpheus is is like it's one of like my favorite stories in all of like mythology, and uh, it it you know it it is this poetic love and they they talk about the the difference between the lover versus the poet and uh, how they kind of like use that in the story and they come back to it and use it as like a a a metaphor for this relationship i thought was just like to use something so classic that has stood the test of time so well uh in a movie that must also you know is using all these elements that have stood the test of time as well i i felt like was just uh, you know, a testament to the enduring nature of this film. Yeah, it's a very smart movie, and at the same time, a very emotional movie. Which it's just a. Pr- I mean, that's hard to get both of those things in in one film. Sure. We can't talk about this movie without talking about and very carefully talking about a very what will be a very famous scene in this movie, and it's a love scene that happens. They finally have a love scene in this movie, and it's very tasteful. There's one visual trick that they do do you remember do you know what i'm talking about no oh uh, <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yes i do because i read about it too and there's i feel okay talking about it because there's been a lot of talk about it amongst the you know the filmmaker okay. and uh, and the press and everything but and i don't want to say what it is i will just say that it's really clever yeah. and kind of funny like there's a little humor in it during the sex scene there's a or, or more of like a love scene. They take drugs. Sorry, quick, quick side note. There's a drug that you apparently wipe into your armpit. Yeah, I did not know about. I thought it was like pot at first, and I was, uh, I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. They got weed in these days. And then she's like yeah. rubbing on her armpit. And I was like, all right, this is something else. This is something I don't know. And about. how many people in the world Googled what drug <laughs> goes on your armpit? Because that's exactly what I did. <laughs> what is it? I, I couldn't oh, find okay. it. I couldn't find one. I don't know if it's something that was just made up to to lead to this visual trick where they're applying the thing to the armpit, but there's a close up, so it makes it look like something very different is happening. Yeah. Which I genuinely, I genuinely chuckled, and I thought, is that intent? And then eventually, I realized I think it's intentional to be one sort of like 
let's be honest about what happens without, but still being proper in a period film. Yeah. Um, and then also just sort of a visual. That was really clever. Yeah. Almost, you know, I loved it though. That was really, I chuckle. I'm like, that's a nice moment. That was funny. Yeah. But yeah, I, oh, oh, I get why I get all the hype. I really do. I get the hype too. Loved it. Uh, it's, I will say like, it's, you know, I, it's, it's definitely like a movie that you, you must be ready for, you know, you must be prepared for, uh, you know, two hour long French slow boil. Uh, but it is incredibly, incredibly rewarding. Loved it. Super suggested. It's on Hulu right now. Portrait of a lady on fire. I thought of a, I thought of a recommendation. If you like portrait of a lady. Oh, for sure. I think you should go back and revisit or watch for the first time uh, The Piano. Okay, have never seen it. It's on my list. Oh, really? Jane Campion's uh, The Piano. It had, yeah, and it had um, the same kind of buzz at the time, I feel like. It had a very very thorough buzz. It's also a a period film. Um, probably around the same era, I would imagine. Um, amazing performances. It's all about love and passion in this kind of repressed or repressed situation. Um, instead of art, this one is about music, uh, and amazing performances. So I, I, I feel like that one would be a great companion. 1993. Yeah. It's like 17 ish years old. Um, Anna Paquin won an Oscar when she was like 10 or 11 or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, and Holly Hunter is amazing. Great pull. Uh, Harvey, Ke- Harvey, Harvey Keitel, Keitel does his, he, when he cries in movies, it's terrifying. <laughs> and so it, it happens in this one. It's like a squealy, crazy crying. You definitely got to watch it just for that. Love that. Okay. Piano. That's a great. That's a great suggestion, uh, and I will watch that. Um, what else are you watching, Kate Polly? You know what I've been watching? I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I've been watching Kingdom, which is on Netflix. Oh, that it's popped a- up and was like, Netflix was like, you should watch this. And I was like, I don't, it looks yeah. kind of scary. It is scary. It is scary. It's like it's a South Korean uh, TV series. Six episodes per season. It's like a cross between Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. Um, but I feel like a little bit more, um, I don't want to say literate, a little bit classier. I don't know. It's a period film, a period show, I say, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, really well done. All the political twists and turns of a Game of Thrones, but it's, it is sort of about zombies. But a much classier zombie show than you're ever going to get. Yeah, that is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, also, if you watch it for no other reason, you watch it for the hats. Yeah. Some of the weirdest and coolest hats I've ever seen. And there's every new character has a new hat. Dude. <laughs> I watch it with my girlfriend and we text each other uh, as we're watching it. And every time we see a new hat, we just text hat. <laughs> you know, I watched the movie Shadow the other day. Oh yeah, Shadow. 
Uh, also, just, it reminded me because of the hats, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the same. Mm-hmm. Shadow was so incredible. I was just so not ready for how great that movie was like the sets were so ambitious and huge and wild and like the whole color palette was just gray it was like it was not yeah. like toned gray it was like everything just was gray yeah the costumes and sets were black and white and gray so it, at first you're like is this a black and white movie it's not oh my god and like the fight scenes were just absolutely so huge and big and uh, I, at fir- you know, at first I was like, I have seen this movie, you know, uh, one family against another family. They're like yeah, in this sure. place. It's it's like a, a thing that has been done, but it was like done on the absolute highest level that I have really like ever seen that story be told. And it was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, Zhang Yimou is the uh, director. And it's so interesting because that movie, because of that color palette, uh, which means no color palette right. really for this movie. His other movies like House of the Flying Dagger and uh Hero I think yeah, yeah. are so colorful. So this was like a very intentional just I'm going to try the other side of the coin cuz his other movies are wild with color yeah. and they're very similar action, fantastical action and and all that kind of stuff uh with great epic storytelling Man, it was so but good this one he just did he just went like let's just go black and white color palette it, it was really there was just some scenes where i was like what how, like yeah. how are they filming this or like how are they doing this that, that was so good. i really liked the big boxy boat that they're oh, on that was that was like the one that i was thinking on where they like ride down this river and they it, it's like this huge gigantic platform like on stilts essentially and it, it's just like yeah. mind blowing like how big this floating set is oh my god yeah i watched um kramer versus kramer the other day oh yeah have you seen it a long time ago yeah okay we did marriage story and i Oh, yeah, that would be a good companion. And I was like, I was watching. It's Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep. Wow. What a powerhouse. What a great pair. And uh, I was like, I cannot believe that this is Marriage Story or that Marriage Story is this. You know, like I watched them in reverse order. So I'm like, oh, this is Marriage Story. But Marriage Story is Kramer versus Kramer. It is like it like beat for beat. It is like the exact same thing. Even like the score was like a, a similar kind of like vibe. Just all the, just everything about it. The like even down to like the costumes, the storyline, the setting, what happens. But I loved Marriage Story. So, but I liked Kramer versus Kramer more. Uh, it was yeah. like, I cried like five times. I kid you not. I, it was like, for whatever reason, it was like a, an emotional day for me. Um, like, you know, we got news about like John Prine being, you know, ill. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was just like, you know, in day like 20 of quarantine, like not seeing anybody. I was just like feeling kind of like particularly emotional. And then uh, I watched Kramer versus Kramer and just like, wow, just let it loose. That 
Right. It was great. It was, I mean, it won the like best picture in 1980. And I looked at like the other movies that came out that year and it was against like apocalypse now and some like real heavy hitters. And I was like, why is this movie that no one ever talks about that has like, I hear people talking about apocalypse now all the freaking time. And every year, anybody talking about Kramer versus Kramer, how could this be better? <laughs> and, uh, it was, it, I, it was, it was outstanding. I don't know why, no one ever talks about it ever, but uh, it was incredible and very good. Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Plenty of stuff to watch while we're quarantined out. Hope everyone is feeling well, staying safe, enjoying your inside time. For sure. All right. This has been Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by the one and only DJ Kenny Perez. He's a DJ. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Oh, he is also referred to only by me as <laughs> the Noosk. <laughs> we get a handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Yay. We also get support from our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Thank you very much, people who are members and becoming members. Yes. Hello to all of you. Thank you for your support and stay well and safe. We love you. And finally, this show would not be the same. We just literally would not be here without the one, the only, Christopher Pollard. Thank you, K. Polly. Oh, I did not expect that. And I'm a little tongue-tied right now, so I can't go home. Thank you. Um, And we'll see you next week. We don't know what we're talking about, but it will be something. (laughs) Oh, you can always count on something (laughs) from us. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.